0: every single uh, morning, Monday through Friday um, over this past week. We're also doing it again next week, Monday through Friday at 6.30 a.m. We'd love for you to come be a part of that with us online. And then on Saturday mornings, we are, um, we're, we're praying together at our office at 8, at 8 a.m. And, and yesterday, we had 40 people show up at our office. And you're like, man, you guys must have a big office. No, it's small. We just crammed in there. And uh, we just prayed, and we just asked God to do a miracle in your lives. And our expectation is high for what's going to happen today. And so if you're here today, we believe that God's going to do something incredible in your life. He's going to move in a special way. I've been saying this a bunch. I'm going to say it now. Um, next week, we're building beds for people in our city who don't have beds. And so that's next Saturday. We're doing that at the Okoe Taco Company. That will be after morning prayer time, and that will be at 9 a.m. from 9 to noon. You can sign up for that at, on the Church Center app, or you can go right to Planning Center, or you can go right to um, our website, HopeWinterGarden.com. And uh, you can sign up for that, and we'd love to have you come be a part of it with us. There's only 20 more spots left; those will fill up fast. We'd love for you to get in, and um, you're here now hearing about it. And next service, if it fills up, those people are going to be shafted. So make sure you sign up. We'd love to have you come out and um, and be a part of that with us. Um, with us. So um, we are I'm, my friends, the Nardellas. I met them a few a few months ago, and I'm glad they're here today. And there's so many new faces. We're glad you guys are here today. And there's so many old faces. Your old face looks good. Your old face. Your old face looks good. We love when our friends come to visit us. We're glad you're here today. I have also have another friend here today. I was at the Wing Place a few months ago with with Nelson, and um, this 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 lady and her and her um, and, and her boyfriend. They were sitting right there next to us, and this guy had a was it a Dallas Cowboys Dallas Cowboys jersey on, and that if you don't if you know uh, New Yorkers that will start a fight. You know, so I'm with a New Yorker and a guy with the Dallas Cowboys jersey. He starts talking all kinds of smack and. Nelson's like, you know, we're just, we're just, we're like, hey, like, Nelson, don't get him, all right? Don't go straight to New York, or you like like, forget you're safe, like, don't go after this guy. And, and uh, we started having this conversation with him, we invited him to church, and, and she came, and she brought her, her sister with her and say, well, we're glad you guys are here today. And um, you never know who will come to church if you invite them. Did you know this, the, um, the, the guys that do all the, the, the Barna studies, those guys that do all the, the numbers for church, they say 80% of people would come to church if they were invited, if they were invited. So, hey, invite somebody. You never know, even if you're at a wing, a wing place, and speaking of wings, when this fast is over, I will be at that wing place again. <laughs> you know, it's funny. One, one of the funny things about being on a fast, when you're on a fast, all you think about is all the places that you want to go to once the fast is over. I was talking, I had a lunch with, a dinner with, with Brooke and her family just a couple nights ago, and I don't really know if we'd call it dinner. I had, salads and, I had salad and beans. They had dinner. I had something completely different. And um, she's like, man, how did you get so many people to go on the Daniel fast? And I said, you know, I just invited people. I just invited them. And uh, you, like I said, you'd be surprised what an invite will do. So so many people are on this Daniel fast. Um, I don't. Last year, we only had four or five people go through it. But this year, we have so many people that are on this fast, and they're praying. And, and they're just believing that God's going to do something incredible in their life. And we believe the same exact thing for you. Um, I said this to you guys last week, but most New Year's resolutions, they'll be gone by Valentine's Day. February 14th, they'll be gone. Those resolutions, they'll be gone. Or you're like, some of you guys are like, yo, mine are mine are gone or mine are gone already. Like it's only six days into it or seven days into it. We don't believe that a, a resolution can't change your life, but we believe a habit can change your life. We said this to you guys last week. Our habits will make us or break us. We become what we repeatedly do. We become what we repeatedly do. I, I looked at my Bible reading app, and I I told our church like, we don't start. I didn't want to start on the fast and the reading the Bible. Now, like I want to start, I want to get ready for it now. Like so, I started as a leader. Like I want to, I want to be ahead. So I started. 30 days ago, and I'm already 44 days in a row reading through the Bible reading plan. I started some apps early, but 40 days I've been reading the Bible in a row, and that got me kickstarted into this year because I believe God's word will change our lives. And the habit, there's some habits that we wanna help you get. There's some habits that will make us or break us. We become what we repeatedly do, and some of the habits that we wanna help you with are fasting this month. So last we looked at fasting. Today we're gonna to look at praying. I'm excited about this talk on prayer. Prayer is simply this, just telling God, hey, I need you. I need you, God. I need you to show up. And here's what I know about all of us in your day. We all need God. We all need God. One out of one people, they need God. You were born with a void in your life, a chasm in your life, and the only thing that can fill that is God. And so we all need God. And so prayers just say, hey, God, I need you. I need you to show up. I need God. You need God. We all need God. The good news for us is I know where to find him. I know where to find them. I'm going to explain that to you in just a few moments say, And we're going to look at scripture reading. We believe that if you're soaping, so many people are, are soaping through on our, our soap journal. And soaping is an acronym that we stole from, um, from the soap company. Just soap. It's scripture, observation, application, and prayer. Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. And so we're just, we're just reading some scripture. We're making some observations. We're applying it to our lives. Did you know this? The Bible's no good unless you apply it to your life. A gift's no good unless you, you, you open it up. Um, uh, this week couple here on the on the third row they're 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 buying a brand new home this week. That home's not any good unless they go to it and open it up and go inside of it. Like that, that'd be great. Like, and they're driving by it every single day and they're looking at the updates. By the way, driving by it the more times you drive by it, it doesn't make it go any faster. You guys know it now, but you're like, well, maybe they got some. They got some progress done. And the McMillans, they're they're building a home. And some of you guys, you built a home before. It doesn't go any faster by you driving by it. But I watch your stories. Like, man, the house is coming along. I feel like I've already been to your house already. Like, I blessed it through the computer screen. Like, Lord, bless that house. And I'm not even there yet. But we 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 have these these things in our life where we we try to get going and we try to get moving and we try to get going. But the, what I want you to know today is that you can build your life on something that's good. you got to apply it. you got to open up the gift that God's given you. And the Bible, if you open it up, it'll get in you. If you get in the word, the word will get in you. I've been saying that for four years now. But if you get in the word, it will get in you. And we believe the Bible will change, will change your lives. So we're going to look at scripture. And then we're going to look at community. We're going to look at community. That's one of my favorite words in all the Bible. And um, the Bible says that we're an ecclesia. We're a called out. That's the Greek word for it. We're a called out group of people. We're called out. We ought to gather more together the everyone that's been on the fast they say you know it's this fast has been a lot easier because we've done it in community you know what i would know if I, if nobody else was doing the fast with me i would have quit after the week i, I would have quit after the first morning when i didn't have coffee that's when i would have quit and like when you're doing it together we is always better than just me we is always better than just me so we're gonna look at community but i want to talk to you guys today oh last week if you didn't come last week i'll catch you up fasting prepares us for the battle. Fasting prepares us for the battle. There's an enemy out there. He's, a, he's roaring. He's seeking whom he can tear it apart. Fasting is a sign of surrender, saying, God, I want to I fall in love with you again, God. I just want to surrender. I want to go back to the start. I want to do whatever you want from me, God. That's what I want. It's surrendering. And then fasting makes room for God. Fasting makes room for God. Some of you guys are making room for God. I've had so many people say, you know what, I've, I've never prayed with my spouse before. We're waking up every morning. We're, fat, we're praying together, and we've never prayed before. But we're, we're just making room for God. We start making room for God, and he shows up, and he does the, he does the, the immeasurable in our lives. So many people are, are on the journey with us, and we want to invite you to be on the journey with us also. All that information that I just talked about is on our website, hopeundergarden.com, and click on 21 days. If you have a Bible, flip open Acts chapter 12. What a powerful, powerful passage of Scripture I'm going to read to you today. This one's an awesome one. It's just like the one from last week. It's also awesome, but I'm really excited about this one. And next week, I'll probably be really excited about that one too, but I'm really, really excited today because you're here, and this word is for all of us in here today. We're talking about prayer. The Bible says in Acts chapter 12, verse 6, the night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, he was fastened with two chains between two soldiers and others stood guard at the prison gate. Why was he in jail? Because he was sharing the gospel. Aren't you so glad today that we don't have to go to the jail for sharing the gospel? Now, there are some parts of the world where if you shared the gospel, you would go to jail. But here, you're not going to go to jail. I'm not going to get in jail for inviting my friend to come to church. I'm not going to go to jail for inviting my friends to go to church. You will get a ticket if you speed on the way to church, but you're not going to get in trouble for inviting someone to church. That's all he did. He was guilty. Of inviting people to church and sharing the good news and sharing the gospel, which we were all called to. We're all called to share the gospel. We're all called to share the, they're all called to share the the good news. And so that's what he was doing. they and he's this dude's bad. Like I don't know what Peter looked like. I don't know if he looked, like you would think he's like like just jacked, shredded head to toe because they got him in shackles. They got guards around him. like they and I don't think that was the case, but here's what I do know about this about him be under all the arrest that he's on. Dude, they're sick of this guy. They're, they're, this, this government at this time, they're sick of the good news. It's not good news to them. It's really messing up their system. It's messing up their system where they had to bring money and they had to pay taxes and, and they had to do all these things that kind of this work system that they had to display. They, this is messing up that whole work system. Like, we don't really like your system. And so they're like, we're going to make sure this guy doesn't get away. And we're going to make sure we put this guy away once and for all. And, and so the Bible says in verse 7, suddenly there was a bright light in the cell. And the angel of the Lord, the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side, hit him on the side, and said, hey, yo, wake up. It's time to go. Like, yo, I don't know about you guys, but how many of you guys in here today, when you get woken up in the middle of a sleep, like, you're, like, ready to fight? Anybody like that all day? Like, if you're like, what the heck? Like, the worst time my wife can wake me up is not in the morning time because that never happens. The worst time she can wake me up is if I fall asleep on the couch before I'm supposed to be How many of you guys in here, you like, you like a good a nap on the couch? Like, that's just, I don't know. That, I don't, I think... Scientifically, that's proven it's actually nicer to sleep on the on the couch. There's something about putting on golf. Um, I, my football team's been out for a long time, but or your football team and like just falling asleep watching watching TV, but one white white, white say hey, wake up, let's go. I'm like, oh great, what happened? You know, or when you maybe you've heard a knock on your door, you like that startles you, that startled me before, and you gotta go there. And I've been there, I got a knock on the door a few months ago, and I ran to the door and it was the cops. I'm like, hey, come on in, let's have a cup of coffee. I said, hey, can I help you? And they said, yeah, I just want to let you know you left your garage door open. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the cops. You know what I'm saying? Letting me know that my garage door was open. But that that struck me. So they they tap him, and there's this angel there. There's a bright light there. And the Bible says angels struck him on the side and said, hey, we got to go. Let's get up. So the Bible says the chains fell off his wrist just like that. I don't know if you're in here today and you believe miracles or not. You don't have to, but I do. The reason why I do is because they're in the Bible. You've got to believe the things that in the Bible. If you want the same results that you see the people had in the Bible, we've got to start believing the same exact things. I think this, we, have a, we don't have an information problem in, our, in, in this church. We have an application problem in every church in America. We have the information. We've got the manual. We've got the love story. We've got the story of God. But we're not, we're not believing it big enough. We're not having the faith enough to believe the things that are actually happening. So we're reading like it's a storybook, and we're tucking our kids into bed and saying, hey, good night, we'll see you in the morning. But it's so much more than that. This is God's word. The Bible says this is sharper than any two-edged sword. It, it, can, it, can, it can light your life up. It can make your life. It can change you. It can transform you. We don't read for information. We read for transformation. And he says, hey, man, wake up. Wake up and there's chains fall off. I believe some of you guys in here today, you have chains on your life, figuratively speaking, and they could fall off. You believe, if you would believe that God could break the chains, the chains would fall off. But guess what? If you don't believe the chains will fall off, guess what? They're going to stay on. Just hang on to them. I believe that God can break the chains in your life, I believe he can fix the things that you need him to fix in your life and transform you, the Bible says he can do that. The angel told him, get dressed and put on your sandals, and he did, and, and now put on your coat, and he, follow me, the angel, the angel said to him. Verse nine, so Peter left the cell following the angel, but all the time he thought, this is a, I'm having a sneaking dream. Wouldn't you think, I'm having a, I'm dreaming. Like, pinch my, I, I gotta wake up because this is miserable, like, I, this feels like, it looks real, it feels real, but this is, this cannot be real. So he keeps on going he does all things that he says and Peter left the cell and he was following the angel he didn't realize it was actually happening verse 10 they they passed the first guard and they passed the second guard and they came to the iron gate and they were leading leading to the city and and this opened for them all by itself now some of you guys are like, yeah that's where I don't I don't believe that anymore like you don't have to but if you're going to believe God for transformation you have to believe this whole entire book oh that that was that just happened for them like I believe there's some of you guys. Here, you have doors in your life that you need to open, and God will open those doors for you. But you don't believe that they'll open, so they're not gonna open. You're gonna be standing at doors, knocking at doors that God could open for you, but you're knocking on them. You're banging on doors. We're trying to create some things. We're trying to create some things on our own. I believe we do. We do things that aren't in the when we don't when we do things that aren't in the Bible. We're trying to make a way for ourselves. I got this. I'm gonna bootstrap this. I'm a great leader. God, go with me. Follow me. I'm gonna do this a great job. Just come at me. I'll make it all work. And God's like, hey, you, I can open doors for you. Some of you guys need. Some of you guys just mess. Some of you guys quit opening the doors for yourself. Quit, quit opening the doors. Like let, let God open the doors. Like let Him open the doors for you. He can do these things in your life. Some of you guys are you're trying to make God open a relational door. Don't just ask Him. Don't open it yourself. You'll find yourself the wrong person. Some of you guys are trying to find that right job. That right job may lead you away from God. Like make sure you're letting God open the doors for you. Pray and you got to work hard and you got to pray hard and you got to work hard and you got to pray hard. I believe in both those things. And I'm against being lazy. Don't be lazy. By the way, speaking of lazy, I had a couple of our not speaking of lazy, the opposite of lazy. I had a couple of our high school kids and middle school kids come help us set up last night, and um, Kendall and her brother Blake are in here. And those guys, were, they were just so such hard workers, and um, I love I love having our students and in, in our church coming and serving and. I dreamed of that. When we started church, we had no students. We were four years old. We had no students. You can't get students to serve if you have no students, you know, and we had no youth group because we had no youth. We didn't have one youth, you know, and we had to live. That's all we had was live. We can't have a youth group with just one kid, and so we did the best with what we could, but God has grown our youth group over three or four years, and we had 20 kids, and we had 30 kids, and tonight we're bleeding for 50 or 60 kids last semester, and we're bleeding for 50, 60, 75 kids again this semester, and if you know a kid who's in sixth or twelfth grade, they ought to come back tonight we meet right here and we transition a room just like you see all this work in here Kendall said to me last night this is a lot of work I said tell me about it four years in a row but I love it because when people come here their lives can be changed that's why I know the I know why I'm doing it if I didn't have to know the why then I wouldn't keep on I wouldn't keep on doing it and so um we got to keep on reading though because we're running out of time the Bible says that um they 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 passed the first and second guard and they came to the iron gate leading to the city, and this opened for them all by itself. And so they passed through, and they started walking down the street, and the angels, suddenly they left them. It's like, yo, we're by ourselves. And Peter finally came to his senses. He's like, yo, this is true. The Lord himself, the, the Lord has sent his angel and, and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had, had, had planned to do to me. And I don't know if you're in your day you believe in angels or not. I used to not believe in the angels, but the Bible says there's a, there's a war going on about things that you can't see. There's there's angels out there that they're trying to come after There's bad angels, but if there's bad angels, I know there must be good angels. The Bible tells us that there's angels that they, they surround you. We fight our battles differently because we have a God who's surrounded. He's going before us. God's going before us. We're seeing God do miracles. Last week a lady said please pray for my please pray for my friend. They they think he pray for my six-year-old friend. They think he may have cancer. It was we prayed for him on Sunday. And on Monday, it was best case scenario, he started chemo on, on Monday or Tuesday, and God's going to begin to heal his body. And we've had so many people ask us for prayer requests, we prayed for a few days, prayed for three days, prayed for four days. And God began to do miracles, and miracles began to happen. And we believe that. And so in this passage of story, that man, incredible things can happen when you, when you believe God for it. So he wakes up, he's like, yo, this must be God. When he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother... Um, the, the the mother of of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. He knocked at the door in the gate, and a servant girl named Rhoda came and she op- to open it. And when she recognized Peter's voice, so she knocks on the door just like like you would knock on a door. And they say, "Who is it?" And and she, nothing happens. And she doesn't open the door. She says, "Who is it?" And and the Bible says that this this when she, that she recognized the voice and. She was overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she actually ran back inside and she told everyone, Peter's standing at the door. Like, she heard the voice and she's like, yo, someone's out there. Just like you would do. My kids, we don't answer the door. We know we get about five knocks a day. The five knocks a day that we get are Amazon, UPS, grocery delivery, uh, the post office. Like, we get, everyone comes to our door. If we get five knocks a day, we get church stuff delivered all, all the time. By the way, I'm thankful for Amazon. We get so many things all day long. We just have Amazon packages coming to our house and people sending stuff to us and, that we have to have for the we have for the church. So she turns around. and She runs the complete opposite way. And when she realized she ran away. Verse uh, verse three, he knocked at the door in the gate. And the servant girl she ran away. When she recognized that. She, verse fifteen, you're out of your mind. They said. When she insisted, they decided it must be his angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. When they finally opened the door and they saw him, they were they were amazed. He motioned for them to quiet down and he told them how the Lord had let him out of the prison. And then he says this, tell James and the other, and the, and the other brothers what happened, he said. And then he went to another place. Like, he's like, hey, guys, I'm, you won't believe what happened. I, I was in the prison. I was tied up. I was locked up. I was chained up. There was guards all around me. By the way, we, I'm, I'm going to spare you the rest of the story. You can read it later. But if he would have broken out of jail, those, guys, those, those, um, the, those guards would have been, been killed. Because they let the prisoner get away on purpose, so they thought, so they were sentenced to death. That's what happens later part of the verse. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna spray all those details, but so he's all chained up. He goes, I go by the first guard and they don't do anything. I go by the second guard and they don't do anything. I just keep on walking and nothing's happening. You won't believe it. And then we get to the front gate and we don't have to knock on the gate. The gate just opens up. What I want to let you know today is that when you pray, prayer makes the impossible possible. Prayer makes the impossible possible every single time. Prayer makes the impossible possible every single time. If you, don't, if you have some things that, you're, that you want to happen and they seem impossible, but they're not happening, maybe it's that you're not praying for them. So many people, they're living their life on a hope. A hope ain't gonna help you do anything. Hope Church can help you, but we believe in the hope of Jesus Christ who lies within us, and that's Jesus Christ. You can't just hope things are gonna happen, they happen. Hoping never hoping never got anything done. It never, it, never, it never got anything done. If you're gonna build a home, hoping that you can build a home is not gonna help you build a home. Hoping you can fall in love with Jesus, and you're not just gonna fall in love with Jesus, if you're hoping that you can fall in love with Jesus, you gotta start creating some habits that will help you fall in love with Jesus. Fasting and praying and scripture reading and get around other healthy people. The Bible says, confess your sins to one another. If you don't have community, you can tell the stranger at McDonald's about your sins and about your struggles. But if you know a Wes or a Diana or a Brooke or you know a Heather, you can say, "Hey, man, I'm really struggling. Can you pray for me?" And when you bring those needs to people, multiplication happens. I don't know about you guys in here today, but I don't like addition. I don't want my wrath to grow by addition. I want it to grow by multiplication. Come on, somebody! Like, I want things to multiply. We have a God who multiplies things. I can prove it to you. There was a little boy who had a couple of happy meals, and God took those few happy meals, and he multiplied them, and he fed 5,000 people. And when the miracle was over, when the impossible was happened, because the disciples were like, yo, we don't have enough to feed all these people. When after they fed all the people with the few meals, there was more left over than what started. I know a God who can make the impossible become possible. Do you? Do you, do you, do you believe? Is that, are we, when we talk, when I preach, are we, are we thinking about the same exact God? I'm gonna play softball with a few guys this week. Like, same softball field, same softball, same gloves. Like, we can all be in the same field. We can all get the same exact place. That's great. But when I get to talk about preaching, talk about God and and faith in God, and there's a lot of people that believe in faith. A lot of people believe in faith. But when I talk about faith, I'm talking about the Son of God who gave Himself on the cross for my sins. I'm talking about the God. I'm not talking about my faith. Like, you can have faith in that chair, all four of those legs, and you should have chairs because some people in the, chair, in the shirt they bought those chairs you can have faith in that chair some of you guys you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 a few of you guys may be pushing a little bit over that but. <laughs> 70, 80 for 80 years of your life you sit in a chair so you have faith in it we gotta start placing our faith in God's word we gotta get 20 years down the road, 30 years down the road 40 years down the road and say yo I've, I've got spiritual muscles my faith got bigger so he's like you won't believe it guys I walked out of there I walked out of there you're not gonna believe it, guys. I walk. Go tell some people. I don't know where he went next. I mean, I do, but we can't preach that somewhere now. But he went and he told some more people. And you know what that prison? You know what that prison experience taught him to keep on going, to keep on believing God for more, keep on asking God for greater and more. I my, my word for this year. I'm, you, you guys know my personality type. It's all over the place. I can't have a word for the year. I'm so screwed up. I got two words for the year. <laughs> I believe in God for immeasurably more that's what I'm believing God for because I have a God who can break chains off people's arms without having to use a hammer hammer don't hurt I'm like like we he says man I can I can break you out of that I can break you out of the stronghold I believe that I mean so many people that are walking around the city they're hurting they're broken they have issues and I can relate with that because I'm hurting and I'm broken and I have issues and and they want to get out of the bondage. They're walking around with chains around with them. They, they know who God is, but they still have chains on They have no freedom, which is the second part of our, of our vision. Like we want people to know God, but we also want you to find freedom. The only way for you to find freedom is to start believing the things that are in this book. I don't want you to just believe John 3.16 only. That's awesome. But everyone believes that. That will be the most Googled thing on, on the Super Bowl Sunday in just a few weeks from now. John three sixteen because there'll be there'll be that guy in the end zone with the, screen, with the thing that says John three sixteen. That's great that he loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have ever, everlasting life. That is awesome. But after that, because of that, we get to have freedom. We get to go out and live in freedom. We get to go out and live the life on purpose. We get to discover our purpose. We get to go out and we get to make a difference. Don't let your salvation just be good for your eternity. Let your salvation be good for why you're on the earth. Let's help some people. Let's encourage some people. Let's believe God for more. You'll come to me and say, hey man, would you pray for me, Pastor Wes? I'm going to pray for you because you know that I believe the impossible can become possible. You know that I believe that, but I need you to believe that. So this is an awesome passage of scripture. And there's a, in the Bible, in in scripture reading, some of you guys know this, there's a thing called text, which is what we read, but it's also a thing called context. Context. With, with all of it. You got to. You got to read all of it and that's that's what's wrong with our culture today people like we know and that's the same thing wrong with the enemy the enemy will tell you part of the verse but he won't tell you the full verse the enemy is good at like the like for example last week i told you this the bible says that sin is fun like that's what the that's what the enemy will tell you sin is fun but he what what he doesn't tell you is that he leaves the latter part says sin is fun only for a season it'll always catch up to you it will always take you longer than you want to stay it'll cost you more than you can pay It'll keep you long. I mean, it'll just, it'll just take you further than you want to go. I mean, it does all the things that you don't want it to do. It, it starts off really, it starts off really fun, and then it just, and then we have all the consequences to deal with. Like, there's no punishment for those sins, because Christ died for those punishment for those sins. There's, but there are consequences on this earth. You have consequences. I'm trying to alleviate you from more, more consequences. Let's trust this book. So, there's a thing called context. So, I was reading the passage. I'm like, yo, this is fire. This is awesome. Like, this is. This is sick. This is all the, whatever the new word is, like this is awesome. Virginia, your parents are like, what is he, t- what is he saying? <laughs> they're gonna get out of church like, Virginia, I don't know what he was saying in Virginia, but I like part of it, but the other part where he's talking about sick and dope, I had no idea what he was saying up there. I love Virginia's, I love Virginia's parents. I don't recognize him because the first three times I've met him, he was in overalls, which if your wife would allow you to, I'd rather you wear the overalls to church because I just, that's how I know you. <laughs> I don't know what he was saying. I was joking with Kelly and, and, and Josh yesterday. We were, we were in downtown Winter Garden. They're from Indiana. And I was doing my best country accent, you know. There's a whole context here, though. There's a whole context here. You, so I was reading this past year. And I'm like, this is, this is awesome. This is, this is awesome. This is dripping. I don't know if that's right context or not. But it just looked good. So I read up one more verse, okay? I just went up one more verse. So I read all that, like, this, this, this will preach. Like, this is, this, is, this is so good. This is The prayer makes the impossible possible. And, and as I was reading it, so I went back and just wanted to catch up the first five verses, which I'd read, but I, I saw something I thought maybe you'd, you might would think would be awesome. And so all these things happen. He's telling them, it this all happened. It's incredible this happened. This is incredible this happened. And here's what verse five says. I'm gonna read to you, spoiler While Peter was in prison... The church, what were they doing? They were they were praying. The church was praying very earnestly for him. Very earnestly. Like I didn't expect the word earnestly to be the new living new living translation, but it's in there. Like I don't know what the KJV word is for, but they prayed. Dude, they were they were begging God. They were begging God. We're doing this on, we're we're reading through this, we're on this journey online. And uh, my, kid, my, my kids, uh, John, who is is eight, his four-year-old preschool teacher, my kids go to a, a Christian school, and she saw that we were doing this online. So she told Dinah, she goes, hey, let, your, let Pastor Wes know. I'm praying with you guys. Our church is praying with you guys. So yesterday she sent us a message Saturday morning that they were having a prayer meeting at their church, and they were praying for Hope Church. I believe there's some things that are happening in this place because of other people's prayers. There's some things happening right here, right now, because of other people's prayers. We read this week in our in our devotional, there was a pastor, every time he preached, his, his his mom, his grandma was on the front row and she would just bow her head and she would pray the whole entire time while he, while he preached. And the reason why she did because she knew where the preacher's power came from. When he texted me, hey, second row, you better believe I'm praying for you. She's probably praying that I don't get off track as much as I do, but she's praying. I'll take any kind of prayer I get, but the prayer prayer. There's, there's power in the prayer. There's power in the one we're praying to. So while the, while, oh, while Peter was in prison, they weren't they weren't living their lives. They weren't going on with their regular scheduled program. They weren't just doing everything they were doing. They weren't they weren't binge watching whatever they they're binge watching. They were praying. They were just, they were they were believing for the impossible. Church, are you praying? Are you believing for the impossible? Every single day we wake up and we say, "Hey, send your prayer request for so 21 days." That. 21 days of hope in our garden.com. I would I would urge you to send your prayer request because God's answering prayers. We got people that haven't been in church for years showing up to our prayer I meetings. Mean, I haven't been in church in years, but God's doing something in my life, and I, didn't, I don't want to miss out on it, so I'm, I'm going to come. We got people that are walking through divorce, but they're showing up for God, and they're saying, no, I got I to gotta be here because I know God's going to be me. I got to be here. We got people saying, I mean, I'm getting married, and I'm not even, I, I, it's going to be hard, I know that, but I need, I, I want to be here because I want God to show up in my life, because they know that the impossible can come possible, and, when there's prayer. And then this the second thing I want to, want you to see here, just from this one passage of scripture, is this. Prayer invites God to show up. Prayer invites God to show up. We made a commitment a long time ago when we started this church that we wouldn't, we didn't want to do it. We didn't want to do it unless God was going to show up. We just weren't interested in that. We weren't interested in having church unless God was going to show up. We just we just thought it, w- it wouldn't really be worth it. That's where God's, give, God's given us all this Thi- all these things and giving us in this environment like we just do that. we didn't want to do it unless God was going to show up because it, we don't that's where the power is at can I ask you a question today are you asking God to show up in your life sure you could bump into God because he's good and he's everywhere and you could bump into him but it's sure a lot better if you just say hey, God I need you to show up my life last year we prayed for a, a friend of ours in our church he had, a, he, had a, he had just this this respiratory thing going on and couldn't figure out what it was and he brought that to the church God showed up. She, said, she just invited God to show up, 21 days. We had a young lady in our church, and I'm gonna give you too many details, but she's tried to, she's struggled with infertility. So for really 365 days, we've been praying that God would show up. Said, God, would you just show up? God, like, the Bible says that God knits people together in our, in our, in our he, he knits us together in our mother's womb. Like, we've just been asking God to show up. Like, God, would you just show up? Like, would you just need to show up? Would you know that God's never late? But it took him like 345 days to show up. A couple of bad things happened, and things that we wish wouldn't happen. But it looks like God's showing up. Can I ask you a question? Are you inviting God to show up in your life? If you invite Him to show up, He's going to show up. He never misses. He never is like, you know what? I'm busy. I'm going to need you to reschedule. Can you call me tomorrow? I'm busy. I'm too busy helping Wes. Like, he needs lots of help. Can I? Can you give me? Can you? Can I catch you tomorrow? He never does that. We're about to open up community groups, and we'll have 15 community groups at the end of the month. And did you know that when we have those community groups, some will meet on Tuesday, some will meet on Wednesday, some will meet on Thursday. We we almost got all the days covered, except for nobody wants to go to a group on Friday. Like not even Jesus wants to go to a group on Friday, but <laughs> unless it's in the morning time. If you want to lead a group on the morning time at Friday morning, that's fine. But at night time, Friday night, Saturday, we don't we don't have any groups on Saturday. We we may have one, but we almost have all the seven days covered. Did you know this? When we have those groups, God's going to show up in all those groups. Every single one of them, he's not going to be like, you know, I can't, I'm busy. I'm, t- I'm at the other group. I'm at the other group. I can't make it to that group because I'm at the other group. God's not going to do that. He's going to show up at every single one of those groups. Prayer invites God to show up. Do you need God to show up in your life? If you do, guess what? He wants to. you got to invite him in. Some of you guys, you started the journey last week of, of fasting. and You're like, dude, I'm I'm, I'm committed. I'm cutting this away. I'm cutting this away. I was at the basketball game and He's like, yeah, I... I drink, I drink wine every single night, puts me to sleep, and I'm like, okay, she's like, I'm fasting that, I'm like, good, <laughs> you should, <laughs> like, I'm God. it was your idea, I don't want to say it, but you did fist bump, and she's like, man, it's five days, I'm like, this is gonna, this could change your life, this could change your life, this, just making space for God, so maybe you started fasting last week, but some of you guys, this week, you just got to implement prayer, that's all of our team that's fasting, you know how you get through, you know how you fast, one day at a time, or if you're me, one cup of coffee at a time. That's how you fast. You just, it's just one at a time. I don't wake up and say, you know, I got to fast 21 days, no coffee. I say, I just got to fast today. I have to go to True Nature and buy a $10 drink today. That's all I say. That's all I got to say. <laughs> you know, I got you know, a little bowl from Pressed. You know, I could feed my whole family for one price of one of those bowls. You know, like, I just got to eat one of those today. <laughs> just one of those today. It's just one a day. But Some of you guys, you've, you've started, you started fasting, but you got you to gotta start inviting God in on the journey. I, our friends that are fasting I said here's how you do it you stay full and you pray like crazy some of you guys you need to implement the prayer part this week this week you're going to pray more this week that's all you got to do unless uh, I'm going to start praying more I want to invite everyone in the room to stand to their feet would you stand to your feet would you bow and hit your head and close your eyes um, <clears throat> prayer really is no prayer is really no good unless you know who you're praying to or unless you have a relationship with the one that actually can hear the prayer and the actually the one that can help you and the actually the one that can can deliver on the on the prayer that doesn't help you, so I want to give you an opportunity right where you're at today to invite the invite the one who can hear the prayers into your life. If you don't have the salvation, if you don't have the free gift of salvation in your life today, then God can't hear the prayers because He only hears the prayers of His sons and His daughters. That makes sense. I can't call your mom and dad today; that'd be you, they wouldn't know who I was. But you could call them, and they know them. there's a Father in heaven. His name is God. He can hear your prayers today. But if you're not His son or daughter, then it's, He can't hear that because He doesn't. He doesn't know you. So if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that's step one. And then the fasting. then the praying. And then the believing for more. We gotta have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Wes, why would I need a relationship with Jesus Christ? The reason why you need a relationship with Jesus Christ is because you're a sinner and I'm a sinner. What does that mean, Wes? Well, that means that you've missed the mark. You're, You're not perfect. Well, that's all of us in here today. We all can agree that we're not perfect today. You're in good hands today knowing that you're not. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. And I'm not perfect and because I'm not perfect, I'm separated from God. Sin separates us from God. Separates us far from him. And because of that, the Bible says because of your sin, that, that there's a separation. But there's one way to remove the separation. And there's only one way. And it's through relationship with Jesus Christ. The Savior of the world, John three sixteen, Romans 5, 8, that says, God commended his love for you and for me. The Bible tells in Romans, oh, while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. He did that for you and for me. So he, you he can't hear the prayers unless unless he's your father. So you have to have that. You have to have that relationship today. That is that is that is imperative. That that's imperative. It's important. It's the most important thing you can do is in your life. The greatest decision you'll ever make is invite Jesus to be the, your Savior. So if you're here you like, man, I need that. Like, I don't want to be separated from God. What do I need to do? The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, then you can be saved. You can have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you need that. It's a game changer. It makes the fasting possible. It makes the prayer possible. It illuminates when we start talking about the Bible next week and we're reading through those journals, It allows you to see what God is saying. You, if you, you have to have the relationship to understand those words. Those words are they're simple, but they're written to people who 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 want to follow God. And so you need to know those words and you need, need to have a translator, and that translator is Jesus. So if you're hearing like Man West, I want that. I want a relationship with Jesus Christ right here. Would you say, Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've missed the mark. I know that I'm far from you. I know that I need you. Would you come in my life and save me? Would you wash away all my sins? Would you make me white as snow? I believe today that you died for me and you rose again for my sins. And today I accept your free gift of salvation.